in a world where standing six feet apart is recommended, Podcasticon rose from the ashes in January of 2021 for the first audio-only pop culture convention. Well, fear not. This summer, Retrofied Magazine and Podcasticon present Blockbuster, a one-day-only convention where guests and podcast hosts come together to talk about the movies and experiences that we all love. There will be panels about blockbuster movies and even a parade. Follow at PodcastCon on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to PodcastCon on all podcasting platforms. Retrofied Magazine and PodcastCon present Blockbuster on July 3rd, 2021. The one-day audio-only pop culture convention to end all one-day audio-only pop culture conventions. Brian Breaker. Your little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F*** you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Uh, yeah, Breaker and Bane's power hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation. Oh no, the most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from Dallas. Put in the stake in the shower, break a rim, big power, hour. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Rolling Sound, it is episode 387 on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, Big Underscore Bane, what is going on, man? Do not a whole lot. So we uh, we are man we are what thirteen away from four hundred. What are we at three eighty seven? Yeah, thirteen away. That's math, bro. That is math. I mean, it's it's a pretty that's a pretty substantial number. Like yeah. we are getting close to four hundred episodes. What the hell, that's, man? That, that's a little over a quarter of a school year. America's every nine weeks, quarter of a school year. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant by that. And those. And you mean the thirteen weeks remaining? Right. We're a little. Over a nine quarter, yeah. I had something there, but you know, it just, was it was hitting pretty hard too. I was, it just didn't. Quite, I was trying something out, didn't didn't quite work. It it didn't quite land, but hey, you know what? That happens sometimes. That's that's what I do, you know. But that's you know, those uh those quarter nine nine weeks at school, those seems like to last forever, though. Back in the day, dude, nine weeks as a kid. Have you ever noticed that as time as an adult is so much faster yeah. than time as a kid? Yeah. You know, I've been on vacation this week, and which is fantastic. It it feels like it's been a blur. Oh yeah, like I swear it's Monday, but no, it's effing Wednesday as we record this. And right, because it's like, wait a minute, where where'd all this time go? Like, right. so 
when I come off of a night shift, I actually have like four and a half days off. Yeah. And that seems like a long time. The most people are probably like, oh man, that's such a long time, but it goes by so fast. Oh yeah. It's uh yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a weird thing. How, how quickly time can go at, at certain points. Oh yeah. Anyway, we got a, we got a lot of wrestling talk this week. We got some movie talk. We got some, uh, some toy talk, something I think you'll be excited about. Okay. PHPW is uh, gearing up for, what is it? Uh, Star Spangled Beatings. Star Spangled Beatings. I haven't even updated that yet, but it's happening. And, of course, we just just last week we had uh, Beach Bods and Backbreakers. Quite yes. an event that was. Yep. And then uh, we are still pushing through with our tournament, the best fictional pro wrestler. Absolutely. So, uh, anyway, what do you say we, uh, we dive into some wrestling talk here? Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them, buying energies. Well, listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out Stone Cold. Well, big underscore band, we got some, uh, we got some wrestling talk, as I mentioned. Uh, obviously, WWE has, I felt like, released more people these last like year and a half than they probably have in... A very long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I felt like there was always, years before, there was always like that big mass cut of like eight to ten people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't do that for a while. They were kind of hoarding talent, I felt like. And, yeah. and more recently, we've, we've seen that happen several times, even just this year. So um, we obviously saw the release of Brizongo, mm-hmm. uh, the Bollywood Boys, Tony Nese, uh, Arya Davari, and a few other guys from like 205 Live and NXT. What do you think about that, man? Uh, it's disappointing, but you know, I, I recall a time in the '90s during the Attitude Era where WWE had a very much a skeleton crew. Oh yeah, and um, on on the flip side of that, WCW had a giant, massive roster. Oh yeah, and I feel like there was new guys all the time. Yes. that you'd see like twice and never saw again. Right, and so I, I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. The, the The only issue I have is that fans are so jaded now. Yeah, that. If you see Bobby Lashley, you know, twice a night for five weeks in a row, you're going to get pissed. Mm -hmm. And whereas, you know, back in the 90s, you saw Stone Cold like once an hour and you saw The Rock, you know, every hour too. And nobody ever got tired of that shit. And I'm not like comparing them, but I mean, essentially Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are now their WWE's version of The Rock and Stone Cold. And yeah, for sure, fans are tired of that shit already, and it's like, well, well, that but that does that mean do? that they're not rock and stone cold? You know what I mean? Right. Well, they're they aren't. Of course, they're not. Like it's hard to compare, but that's what WWE looks at as their rock and stone cold right now. They're top guys, sure. Right. And so it's it's one of those things. On, on the flip side of that, on SmackDown, you got Roman Reigns. You know, mm-hmm. and and I I don't get tired of seeing Roman Reigns, but like I'm sure there's people right now that are. I think also the the influx of Twitter has hurt that because I and I, I don't want to say it like changes people's opinions yeah but it allows other people to because I I felt this way too when people are like when I'm like hey, I'm gonna go see this movie people are like don't see it it sucks right bad reviews yeah I'm like screw you pal I want to see it for myself you know yeah. what I mean and and yeah there's times I've been like yeah okay that wasn't very good but right. I hate going into it with a, a mindset of someone else's opinion when I haven't seen it myself of course and that's how ninety percent of wrestling is right now right. You know, you can't you can't just go in cold and be like, hmm, it's sitting so bad. Right. Everybody has like a preconceived notion when they go and watch a wrestling show, whether but, or not it's going to be good or bad. Yeah, but I also feel like this current era of like the no fans, I mean, obviously that's going to change, I think, with Money in the Bank. But 
with no fans, it's, it's not even, it's hard to compare. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like we talked last week about like all new ideas possibly on hold, all good ideas anyway. And that's kind of a joke, but it seems somewhat accurate to, to at least some degree where they were yeah. kind of like, let's hold off until we get things back in, into some semblance of normalcy here. But I think with, um, with WWE, it's a, it's a completely different, you know, ball game at this point. Mm-hmm. But I, I do understand, like, I know it, during the Attitude Era, like, they used to do that, like, the whole, like, Stone Cold's up next, going to commercial, so you didn't flip to Nitro. Right. Or if you did, you flipped it right back because you had to make sure you saw Stone Cold. Right. And But there's something to be said about that because he was so popular, you couldn't miss it. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the good thing now is there's there's honestly no competition for anybody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Monday is Raw, Tuesday is NXT, Wednesday is Dynamite, and what, Thursday or Friday is SmackDown. So, I mean, realistically, nobody's competing with anybody right now. Right. And so you don't really have to do that. I, th- I think what WWE is trying to do right now with the releases is just trim the fat. Sure. Because, and unfortunately, you know, I, I don't feel like Fandango was fat to be trimmed. But, I mean, apparently the company thought so. So it. But what's he done lately? You know, like, I mean, he was in NXT, right? They were. They were. Yeah, Fandango, uh, Breezango, the tag team. I mean, they were in NXT and they were killing it. Like just recently, they had a, a tag team victory over Imperium. Yeah, I mean, like they, like, they right were before they got released. They were a great team, and it's just one of those things where it's like, how does this not hit? Like, how does this not? I think it did hit. I just don't think Vince saw money in it. Well, that's what I mean, though. But it didn't yeah. hit for them, right? Like the fans, I I think everyone enjoyed it. I thought Fashion Police and the Fashion Files was great. Fashion Police was one of the like best things in the modern era, just yeah. because of the the comedic value. Because it was funny, right? And, and it was entertaining. And it showed like that these guys are entertaining, right? And that's what has been so, um, I guess, bizarre about this era. It's because it's like you know you let the Bollywood boys go, and it seemed like everyone backstage loved those guys. Yeah, which they attended a Harley camp years ago. I don't know if I, if you knew that or not. I feel like you've said that before, but I, I don't remember for sure. Yeah, yeah Ger- Gervin cool. Harv. I remember them very well. Gervin um, Harv. That's their that's their real name. Okay, great guys. And I because yeah. I remember when they did the uh, cruiserweight classic, I was like, oh, good for them, you know, yeah, because. Yeah. Um, they're they were Canadian and mm-hmm. also of Indian heritage, so they kind of hit like because the Cruiserweight Classic was about it being worldwide. Of course, yeah. But I was like, hey, good for them. And then I felt like those two because they were the Bollywood boys, and it was kind of like, okay, that's that's kind of funny, but it's whatever. Yeah. But then they put them with gender, and it's like they took that role and they made it a, a thing. And I and yes. I remember thinking like, good for them, you know, yeah. way to take any small semblance of an opportunity and and running with it. Like yeah. that's that's what it's about. Well, and they became the uh, the beat up guys for gender, and it was exactly it was cool. it protected the champ, and I mean it made him look like a like a threat. Yes, it was cool. and and like that one clip of. Uh, Orton giving him the back suplex on the table. Yeah. That still gets played. And Orton kind of like, yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I killed that guy. Yeah. Like that was, and even Orton put them over on Twitter. Yeah. And I thought like, that's, that's saying something for their value. And again, it's kind of a shame because what have they done lately? Not much. Right. It's just, it's just disappointing. Well, and I remember when uh, 205 Live, I, I know a lot of those guys did get released in this last cut. But, I mean, I remember when that show first started, there was high hopes for that show. Yeah. I mean, not even just me, but, I mean, like, there was talks about bringing in a cruiserweight tag team division. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there was a lot of talks and, and hopes for that show, and then it just fell flat. Yeah. I think the problem with... And I think Enzo killed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's blame him for everything. Yeah. But I, I still think a big issue sometimes is when you have a show that's essentially a gimmick. Not I don't say gimmick, but it's its own certain thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, a cruiserweight match is a garnish to a good show. Yeah. Like to me, 
when like they did like that super showdown and Buddy Murphy wrestled the cruiserweight champion. I can't even remember who it was, but he won the title that night at the one in Australia. Like that was it Neville, maybe? Maybe. But that added a lot to that show. Yeah. Like putting a really good hard hitting, high flying type match mm-hmm. on that card. I feel like a whole show of that kind of is like, oh, okay. Like yeah. it, it falls a little flat. And then, you know, with their big roster, and I don't even know if you know this, but they made those more recent X-Men films, they made X-Men Days of Future Past, which was like basically bridging the two universes of like the previous X-Men and the new version and Wolverine travels back in time and all this other stuff. Yeah. And they have both Professor X's, both Magneto's. Fun idea. Yeah. I remember afterwards hearing that, uh, I think her name's Anna Paquin. She played Rogue. Okay. All of her scenes were cut. And she was basically not even in the movie. And watching it, didn't even realize she wasn't in it. Wow. And I've heard they say with an ensemble cast that can happen because no, time restraints. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can't do a six hour movie unless right. you're Zack Snyder. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like that. And I remember thinking like, oh, dang, like Rogue, like she was like the major. She was the one that made me love X-Men as a kid. Well, she was also like the main story arc of the first one. Right. Because yeah. yeah. Magneto was trying to drain her uh-huh. power into, you know, for everything. So I thought that was so strange. I'm like, Rogue wasn't even in that movie. And I thought back. I'm like, no, she wasn't in that movie. Like. How weird. How weird. Right, exactly. And so you start to look at, like, Brizongo, right? Like, like they're not yeah. on the main roster. They're in NXT. Like, they're not doing that. Like, it's like, how does that happen? It's yeah, it's a very strange thing. So, um, obviously, then everything goes back to, oh, AEW's picking these guys up, and those would be great pickups for them. Yeah. But then we fall into that category of, what does AEW do now? They're creating new shows. Dark, mm-hmm. dark elevation, rampage. rampage. Does it become too much? And then it's like, okay, I can't watch four AEW shows a week. I don't, I don't watch any of their YouTube shows. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've turned dark on before, but it's like this is just squash match after squash match, and it's like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like you'd get more out of. I I like the idea of the dark roster and those guys. Basically, you take like maybe Jungle Boy's on this week because he wasn't on Dynamite. Right. But then, like, there's certain guys that are unsigned that are featured more on yeah. there. And I dig that. But I'm like, give them promos. Give them stuff besides just matches. Because 15 squash matches is hard for anyone to sit through. Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, if you if it's a YouTube show, I mean, that's basically a free show that you're doing every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't – I mean, and so, like, why bring everybody on in one night? Like, let – like, have it be, you know, centered around maybe three or four guys – and then let them rest for a few weeks. And then during those off weeks, have three or four other guys. Like, you don't need 15 matches in a single show. Well, it's daunting. Yeah. You know, you're just even, like, oh. even if they are three-minute matches, it's like, good God. It's a lot. And, and I understand the concept of trying to get everybody on the card. I, I really do. But, yeah, it's it's a lot. And I don't know, man. It's just That's just one of those weird things about uh, about the way they're doing it. I'm just like, gosh, dang, that's a lot of... That's a lot for anyone to try to digest. But I do think somebody like uh, Brizongo, if they were to stick together as a tag team, I think AEW would be a good place to go because mm-hmm. I still feel like even though their tag team division, there are tag teams there. As far as top tier tag teams, I can only think of three. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so the other ones are all pretty young, pretty new. And so I think somebody like Breezango, if they were to stick together in a like going to AEW, I think that would be a good fit for them. It would be. It would. But again, I think you fall into that category of like, okay, so 
like two guys, like I think Ray Phoenix is hurt, but like when's the last time you saw anything from the Lucha Brothers? Right, yeah. And, and how big of a deal were they when they first started? Yeah, there? it's and I mean the this past week, I think Penta and and uh, whatever his name Eddie is, Kingston. Eddie Kingston tagged. Yeah, and it's like I mean that's fine, but it's not yeah. the Lucha Bros, right? And so I I kind of I'm, I'm with you there because I know at the not this last pay per view, the one before they did like a 15 team tag team like Royal Rumble style mm-hmm. match. That's a lot of damn tag teams. Yeah. Granted, some of them were like they did like Pac and. Ray Phoenix as a team because yeah. Pentagon was in the latter match and they did some stuff like that. But it's like there's two different teams of the Dark Order were in it, two or three. But it's just like that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of teams. Yeah, it's a lot of guys, and you're adding a new team possibly to that, possibly too, because the Bollywood Boys could possibly go there as well. Yeah, I do think, but I think that's also why it's good. There's there's impact and other and NWA obviously as well. Yeah. Like there's other places for guys to go because. That's a good thing to have other options because you want to be. I remember uh, Lance Storm mentioned this in like when because he, he went to WCW in 2000, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Why didn't you go to WWE?" And he goes, "Because they just signed Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero, and Malenko. I wouldn't have been as featured." Oh uh, yeah, that's and a I'm good like, point. "That's a and that's a and you know what? Lance Storm was and he's an amazing talent. He's not the most entertaining guy always, but he's a very very good talent." But he was very featured in WCW during that time. Was that was that the uh, Canadian belt? Yep. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed him at that point. Team Canada. Yeah. yeah, I remember like he he like recruited like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and he became like the evil Canadian yes. turncoat, which was weird. But yeah. but like I mean, some guys got some opportunity from that. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, hopefully all those guys land on their feet. Um, other interesting news: a WWE writer named uh, I think Kenise Mobley was released after a podcast appearance where she basically admitted she was not a fan of wrestling mm-hmm. and didn't really know anything about it. And I guess like even called him Bobby Ashley yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, this of course leads to the people being like, well, they should be fans if they're, if they're going to be writers. And then of course, WWE not really taking that precedent. What are your thoughts on this? Being um, more of an outsider looking in. I, I think what WWE is trying to do is find good writers. Yeah. Whether or not they're fans or not doesn't matter. But, I mean, have they, though? No, they haven't. <laughs> that's that's the problem. I, and I think that's I think that's also why they shuffle through them so much. Sure. Um, but then again, you also have a guy who's at the, the top of the pecking order probably knocking every good story down because he doesn't get it. Sure. You know, um, and, and I think that's one unfortunate downside. And so I think that's also why we get all these hokey BS that we do is because that's all he understands. That could be. And, um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing because I, I mean, you kind of come in with a fresh set of eyes if you don't, yeah. if you aren't invested in the product. However, once you're there, you need to learn everybody. Yes. And if she didn't do that, then that's a very unfortunate thing. Well, I, I've always kind of wondered it like this when I was in the system, Pretty much they were like, have a pitch, make a pitch, make a character. Yeah. I know several instances of guys having a pitch, presenting it, and then them giving it to somebody else. Right. And and so that's like, that's frustrating, you know. Maybe like when, don't give your best idea. Maybe give well, your third best idea. But exactly. But then <laughs> but then again, like that's that kind of sucks, right? Like right, yeah. you know, you like you have this great idea. And they're like, oh, that's that's fantastic. We like it. And then you see it on TV two weeks later. Like, All what? of a sudden, Mark Henry's got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, straight up, like I, I saw several instances of that happening. And it's just like, wait a minute. Like, what yeah. the hell is this? Um, uh, what like what are we doing here? Right. So anyway, my that would that kind of it would the situation is like this. I don't see Steve Carell showing up to the set of the office and they're like, all right, what do you got this year for Michael Scott? Right. 
He'd be like, um, yeah, I'm not the writer. I'm, yeah. I'm an actor. Yeah. You tell me what Michael Scott's doing. Right. You know, he does his best to take the writing and bring the character to life. He doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you don't look at him like, you don't got anything? No idea. I mean, I'm sure he has ideas, but, I mean, he's not the writer. Right. And, yeah, he is a writer, and he's written episodes, but he's not in the writer's room. Not like right. B.J. Novak and Mindy Kaling were, you know, so... That's always been kind of a weird thing to me. It's like you guys have writers on staff. Like that's their job. Yeah. To come up with ideas. Yeah. Like and like, well, they don't know a lot of you guys in developmental. It's like, well, whose fault's that? Like, shouldn't they That's be, their job? Shouldn't that be yeah. a thing? That's why we're doing television, right? right? Like that should be part of their job is to watch and see, oh, okay, you got Leo Kruger, he's like this big game hunter. That's interesting. Oh, he did this promo where he kind of like said he's hunting Ryback. I remember he did a promo like that in mm-hmm. FCW, and I was like, "That's freaking amazing!" Yeah, because you know that's what he did. Yeah, Ryback's a freaking animal. Made made sense to me, and I was like, "Okay, yeah. I dig that." It's kind of hokey, but it's fun, right? And so I always I always found it weird that you know you have writers, but then like you come up with your own idea, you do your own pitch, yeah, and then it's like, and then we'll write for that idea. Well, yeah, and it's just like. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, that doesn't seem right to me. So, yeah. Um, I think this will probably limit a lot of the writers from wanting to do podcasts at this point. And I think that I think it's probably smart that they don't do podcasts because it's going to get them in trouble. Um, but, or at least be prepared with what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't say you don't know the product, especially. You know, that's, that's a, uh, not but, a smart thing. But that shows you also don't know the business because she probably didn't realize that that was a stupid thing to say. Right. You know, like, right. <laughs> it's like kind of a cardinal. Yeah. He's, cardinal the, he's sin. the champion of the freaking show and you don't know his name. You said earlier, and so he's a, one of their top guys, one right. of the two top guys. Right. And you don't even know the guy's name. Right. Like, seriously? Yeah. Like, how good at your job could you be? Right. I couldn't imagine going to write for The Office and like, all right, our character, Michael Scott. Like, Who's that? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's Steve Carell. He plays him. Who's that? Yeah the hell are you doing here? You know, like if you don't know this shit, right. Like you should, you should kind of, you know, take a step back there. Take some notes. Yeah. Um, other fun news here. We have, this is actually a couple of weeks old, but we haven't touched on it yet. Samoa Joe's back in NXT. Yeah. Thank God his uh, disappearance didn't last too long. Apparently the rumor is he got a call hours after his release from triple H. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if it's a NXT deal. I imagine that's what it is. It sounds like it. Maybe a new deal. Um, an authoritative type role, almost like the heavy to William Regal. He's the assistant to the uh, general manager. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which is fantastic. It's it's honestly, that's a great role for Joe. Yes. Because I think Joe's a very eloquent speaker, but he's also like a freaking just beast. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's, I actually watched the first episode he was on. I haven't watched the second one, but he basically like, uh, choked out Adam Cole. He backed down carrying cross. I mean, he, did a lot of things to kind of make it seem like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. Smo Joe's here. I hear he's working on getting cleared, so I'm I'm all about it, man. I've I've always yeah. loved Samo Joe. I thought the idea of him in like an AEW would have been fun, mm-hmm. but I think Triple H also realized that would be a big bad thing for us. We yes. need to keep this guy around, so I think that's a smart strategy. It's uh, one of the few times I'll say this, but thank God for Triple H. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like he was a guy. I'll be honest. When they did that cut, I was. I was shocked by Braun Strowman, but I was more shocked by Samoa Joe. Yeah, Braun Strowman, you know, he's only special because he's a big guy. Yeah. Samoa Joe's special for uh, about a thousand and one different reasons. Yeah, to me, like, and this is a slightly different comparison, but it would be like when Braun Strowman was released, that would be like if they, like, hey, we're releasing the Warlord in 91. You're like, all right. I mean, mean, it's like, I get it. Like, there's a reason he's there. He's a big, scary, powerful-looking dude, but I'm not really shocked that he let, like, go. 
So, um, and not to say that Braun Strowman wasn't a special talent because he was, but it was like, mm, okay. Like, and he's also a guy, it's hard to imagine him anywhere else. I'll tell you, you know, one, one thing that sucks though about releases back in the nineties, you didn't even hear about releases. I just remember like all of a sudden like, oh, British Bulldogs and WCW. Right, and that's how they tricked us with like the whole Scott Hall and Kevin Nash thing is because yeah, we never even knew that they got released or that yeah. they left. Like right. we just knew that this was Diesel and Razor Ramon and all of a sudden they're here on Nitro. Like I remember I wish that magic was still here. I never knew Warrior left. Yeah, I didn't either. You know, and I then just like, all of a sudden stopped seeing them. Then they're like, Warrior's back, and I'm thinking like I didn't know he because also too Action figures are still out. I don't remember right. not seeing a lull in Ultimate Warrior action figures well, or merchandise. And you and me were probably the same same scenario where it's like that was still the one we played with all the time. Sure. You know, so it's like even though he wasn't on TV, he was still there constantly. But, but when I'm watching TV, I'm watching like Superstars. Right. Warrior's not always on Superstars. Right. So it wasn't like I missed him. Right. You know, because Hogan wasn't on there either. Yeah. So I'm seeing like third level guys. I'm seeing the Berserker. Yeah. And Skinner and guys like that. So it wasn't really shocking that I didn't see Warrior. But right. Yeah, very, very interesting. And um, I wish we could go back to that time where like people just didn't report that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was reported, but it was a dirt sheet. I mean, right. it literally was. It was a sheet that got passed a, around. A printed sheet of paper yeah. that you subscribe to. And yeah. I mean. Not that, not that like it's not cool. But, like not cool, but like it's not like nice to be able to know what's going on in the wrestling world. But like at the same time, like ignorance is bliss, right? Like it would have been cool if FTR just like showed up on AEW and we had no idea. Exactly. And, or, you know, John Moxley for that matter. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's you, just, you, you assume Andrade leaves like he's going to AEW. Of course. Yeah. And so it's like, it would have been nice for it to just be like all of a sudden, you know, Andrade's Andrade's gone for a couple months, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh snap, yeah. you know. I mean, that just makes makes I feel like that makes their stardom that much bigger. It does. Well, it gets everyone talking. But here's the thing: if if say the internet didn't exist, but we found through a magazine, like we're at the age of like understanding what a dirt sheet is, mm-hmm. you can subscribe to this for like whatever. I don't know how much it is, like twenty bucks a month, and they'll send you a sheet every two weeks. Yeah. I would probably do it because well, I want because I, I want to know. As weird as like you're right. saying, and that's just it. Like I, I say all that, but yeah, I'd probably be subscribed to something like that too. Well, and I always look at you know the WWF Hasbro toy line is one of my favorites, mostly because I remember showing up at stores and seeing new ones. Yeah, and that was such a fun feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, they made this guy. Oh, they made this guy. And like because you don't know until you literally see them in the store. Right. Not like it is today where it's Comic Con and reveals and all that other stuff. It's a different time. Yeah. Um. Other interesting news, Chris Statlander from AEW made some news. Uh, she uh, gave this uh, pile driver to the bunny. I don't know if you saw this or not on AEW, and it was kind of like an inverted, like she's got her like a, on her back and kind of drops down and looked like she dropped her right on top of her head. Um, I feel like I, because I watched their match, but I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, and, and it didn't look, it looked like, it looked pretty gnarly on tape. But anyway, I guess everyone's okay. That's good. But that got a lot of people online saying that she's not trained. There's a lot of anti AEW people out there. There's a there's a whole page called AEW botches and well, and here's the thing, AEW is really bad about botches, right? But it's not that they're not trained. It's just that they take a lot more risks than WWE. Sure, and and it it's becoming a thing where like people are tweeting Dustin Rhodes now because I guess he's kind of more in charge of the maybe like agenting matches and putting yeah. things together for people. And how these two need to go back to training. But, I mean, I remember the same thing with, like, Brie Bella when she knocked out Liv Morgan with yeah. a kick. Yeah. She needs to go back to the Performance Center. It's like, she's been wrestling for, like, over a decade. It's like, And isn't Chris Statlander, like, 
not a vet, but like she's been wrestling for a few years, hasn't she? Yeah, I mean, she was trained by Kurt Hawkins, I believe, yeah. and and she's been there for a right. while. So it's one of those things. I'm just like, well, okay, like they shouldn't do moves they don't know how to do, and I don't know. I feel like there's there's so much like anti AEW heat out there too. Mm-hmm. And again, I've and I've said it before. I'm an AEW apologist mm-hmm. because I want this you know, smaller company to succeed. I want mm-hmm. there to be two big companies. I think that's the idea for any wrestling fan. Um, Cause the WCW and WWE both at the same time was better. I thought, Oh yeah. So anyway, just like I, I'm not as big a fan of the DC movies, but I want them to be successful. Cause I right. want there to be right. movies every year of, of different characters. Right. So anyway, um, it's just one of those things where I'm like, is this is like a case in point of the internet, just getting out of control and, now everybody's an expert, but no one really knows. Yeah. And that just drives me nuts, man. I've, I've brought this up before because I feel like we've talked to I, It might have been when the Brie Bella incident happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were in Japan and accidentally broke John Webb's nose or busted his nose open. Mm-hmm. Accidents happen, you know? I mean, it's you, you and him both trained by Harley Race. You guys know what the hell you're doing. I mean, just accidents happen. The only time I've ever injured anybody in right. a decade, you know, but it did happen. Right. And it was a freak deal. If anyone doesn't know, I power bombed him. The ring had a lot more spring than we, either of us were used to. Mm-hmm. And when we bounced a little bit, he came right underneath my boot. Yeah. And I had brand new boots and the soles were that really hard rubber. Mm-hmm. He landed right on his nose. Yeah. So, and he actually sent me a video of that the other day. You can't even tell on the video. Yeah. But all of a sudden you see him come up with a freaking face full of blood and you're just like, even Shelton Benjamin was like, the hell happened to him? Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, uh, broke his nose, I think. How'd you do that? I was like, power bomb? He's like, how do you break someone's nose with a power bomb? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like it was, a, it, it's just freak accident. But oddly enough, Chris Hero told me on that same tour and like no, no one really talked about it as much because it wasn't as bad, but he threw a guy named Muhammad Yone out of the ring and Hero kind of has different movements. Uh-huh. Which I think is kind of what makes him special. Yeah. But he's like, I throw him out this way. I turn the other way to kind of roll out of the ring. Well, he turned, and as I was getting out of the ring, my boot clipped him right in the nose. Oh, God. And busted his nose open. It wasn't Man. as bad. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you could sit there and be like, oh, he's untrained. Chris Hero is one of the best wrestlers in the <laughs> right. freaking world, right? I mean. And this is this is where it becomes one of those things. Like, you guys are only saying that because it's a girl. Yes. No one is saying this to Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? And he and the same things happened, right? right? Several instances. Yes. The only people calling out Seth Rollins are guys like Bret Hart, you know, saying he's dangerous. And even that, <laughs> I think, is kind of, like, a little mean. Right. I mean, I always thought, because, I mean, like, everyone holds Bret Hart's opinion in such high regard. But. Well, yeah, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Seth Rollins wanted to make sure Sting, Sting was protected. Sure. That's, like, one of his idols. Sure. You know? But it, but it was that thing of, like, he remember he had the match with Finn Balor. Yes. And he dislocated his shoulder. Yes. And then he had the match with uh, Cena and broke his nose. Mm-hmm. And this is all, like, a year. Yeah. So... But then, you know, but then, like, Seth had his own run of bad luck. Remember, Joe put him in the, the coquina clutch, uh-huh. and his leg was planted underneath him, and it, like, twisted, it tweaked his knee yeah. real bad. Yeah, Like, you could say, well, whose fault's that? Well, it just, it happens. Right. I mean, could be the wrong type of shoes. Could be he wasn't quite prepared to go down yet. I yeah. mean, it's wrestling. They, they say it all the time. Shit happens. Yeah. Um, are you going to say Owen Hart's not safe because he broke Stone Cold's neck? Dropped well, him on his head. <laughs> and what's weird about that is a lot of people don't talk about this. A year later, he did the same pile driver to Dan Severn. Right. And that's why he wore the neck brace on TV. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, that was a work. And I'm like, no, according to Dan Severn, it was not a work. Yeah. He he didn't get as jacked as Steve Austin, but he was hurt. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, 
Owen Hart nearly paralyzes Steve Austin and then does the same move a year later. Right. At what point do you not realize, like, let's maybe pull that one out of the repertoire? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. shit can happen at any point. And but it's one of those things, like, going back to my point, like, no one ever called those guys out. Yeah. You know, they're only calling out Chris because she's a girl. You think so? I do. I mean, it's the same reason why they do that with Nia Jax. Same reason yeah. why they do that with, you know, Brie Bella. I mean, all these women. They Every time that they do something now, wrong. Why is that, though? I I think there's still it, a stigma that women can't wrestle. Is it a misogynistic type thing? Yeah. I, I think it's still a stigma that women can't wrestle. When in reality, there's a lot of guys on that same roster that suck ass in the ring. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, I know probably half of those women on the AEW roster could out wrestle freaking Joey Janela by a long shot. And I and I've never thought Chris Statlander was bad. No, and it's are it's, they as smooth as some of the other ones in the ring? Probably not. And, and the move, but she, they're still damn good. The move she did, you've probably seen it before, where it's like you get a guy's legs under your arms and you kind of sit down with it on your knees and his head's under. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I think I did see that in there, but I don't remember thinking like, oh damn. And it looked like the bunny's head may have, she should have been maybe more tucked than she was. Okay. But I mean, I remember. You and know, like AJ, the bunny was behind her, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, And I remember AJ Styles heard a lot of people at the Styles Clash. Right. But I remember one of the one of the worst ones, and you can look it up, it's early TNA. He gave it to Frankie Kazarian. I think I've seen that because your natural instinct is to tuck your chin, right? And he lands right on top of his head, yeah. and it's nasty looking. Yeah. And Kazarian even said, he goes, I knew how to take it. Natural instinct kicked in. I tucked my chin. Should have you know, raised my chin up. And mm-hmm. I didn't. And I landed hard. And it's one of those things where you know, you can sit there and say, like, hey, you know how to do this? Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Are you cool yeah. with it? Yeah, let's do it. And then you do it wrong. I mean, it's not – he obviously didn't do it intentionally. He didn't right. want to hurt himself, but it happens. And you can't – but at that point, you say, oh, AJ Styles needs to go back to training. Frankie Kazarian needs to go back to right. – no, like those guys are great performers. Yeah. Accidents happen. To me, it's the same. Like, you can drive a car perfectly. The other day, I was driving and uh, had a green light or green arrow to turn. I went to turn, and this lady came barging through the intersection. Mm-hmm. And luckily, she slammed on her brakes or she would have hit me from yeah. the side. Yeah. Now, I was always taught early on, like, even if you have a green light, make sure you look both ways. Yeah, double check. And I didn't, yeah. you know, because I had the green light, and then I went to get you out. You need to go back to driving school, Exactly, pal. right? I mean, <laughs> luckily, she didn't plow into me, but... It would have been her fault because I had the right of way, but still, like, I don't want to go through the process of right, it's pain in the insurance and wrecks and all that shit. It sucks, but yeah. things happen. I think both girls are fine. I just, I just get tired of everyone having an agenda online. Well, you know, everything to fit your own narrative. I just wish the IWC would just shut the fuck up. Is what I wish. I mean, if it was that easy and the, and the solutions are that simple, go do it. Yeah. If not, just shut the hell up. Right. Another interesting thing, and I would like this is kind of the same but totally different. There was an indie show, I guess, uh, for Luke Gallows promotion in, in Georgia. Luke Gallows has a promotion? Yes. I like Larietto Pro Wrestling, I believe. Okay. And uh, somewhere in, around the Atlanta area. This guy named uh, Laser, I believe, was up on top of a ladder, went to dive off, very tall ladder in the ring to the floor. Oh, God. Was not caught at all. You In the oh, video, no. you can't actually see it. But you can hear him splat on the ground. Is he still alive? He's alive. What freaked me out is I saw people like posting like "rest in peace." Oh god! And I think that was like tongue in cheek because it's like, wow, you almost died. But like, that's not funny. That's disrespectful. Super disrespectful. Apparently, he like broke his hip. He's probably done wrestling. Well, my my thought on that is like, you look at the crowd, and I mean, it's not a bad show, but Mm -hmm. it's like maybe two hundred. 
300 people. Yeah. Like, is that necessary? Right. I always kind of wonder that because I feel like a lot of times performers in the industry, they they all want to outdo each other. They all want to have that one moment that everyone's talking about. Yeah. And sometimes that risk reward people Mm -hmm. aren't really calculating. Definitely not. You know, uh, and there's that video going around similar situation uh, of Shotzi Blackheart doing the suicide dive, missing everybody and going straight into steel chairs. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, I, I know her shtick is that she's the ballsy badass, but like, yeah. But at what point do you pay for that? When you're 40 years old, like, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to be like kind of nutso in the brain. And it's like, is that, is that really a good idea? Like, I mean, no one's questioning whether or not you're tough. I, I mean, I feel like you're tough just being able to get in that ring in the first place. Like you, you don't need to purposefully injure yourself. Yes. Um, now, I, mean, I also know there's plenty of accidents where they just don't catch the guy. Yeah. You know, but like to to be like, okay, this is the spot. Make sure you move so I go head first in these chairs, you know, or, or in, in that ladder match. I don't know if that was an accident or not, but like. It looked like, I mean, there was guys on the floor. It looked like they just didn't catch him. Yeah. I will say this. And I know and- there's plenty of spots now where like guys will do like the dive over the top rope and the guy on the floor will just purposely move. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that makes him look cool. Well, that just hurt the shit out of that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing, right? Yeah, because it's like people are accustomed to knowing like, oh, he got caught. That's how he's not hurt, right? And so it's like, oh, we'll we'll get them. We'll really do it, and I'll hit the floor. And it's like, okay, to me, this goes back. Jim Cornette mentioned this one time at the end when Brock Lesnar was busting guys open with the elbow. Right. He's like, that's why we did the blade, so we yeah. wouldn't have to hurt each other, right? And you kind of go back to like they're like, oh, we're not doing the blade, but it's, the blade it's barbaric. And it's like there was a reason that came they came up with that. A freaking elbow sawing into your forehead is barbaric, pal. From Brock Lesnar. Yes. <laughs> like, that is barbaric. That's something I never want to experience. God, no. So that's where I'm like, are we are we losing basic common sense on on just everyday logic or, or what's happening here? I, well, you know, you mentioned a minute ago, everybody wants to outdo each other. And I feel like that's where we're at. It's like, like I remember back in the day, like, uh, you know, just the regular 10 foot, 12 foot tall ladders, Jeff Hardy jumping off those, Matt Hardy jumping off those. Like that was insane to me. Sure. And then the next thing you know, at the next TLC match, we got 20 foot ladders right. jumping off the top of a 20 foot ladder. And it's like, well, where do we go from there? Right. <laughs> but I mean, that's with WWE, excuse me, WWE where you have like medical personnel. Right. And people that can take care of you of if course. you do splatter, you know, yeah. it's just. I remember there was a, a FCW show we did, and I'll, I'll because it's a funny story. Aiden English, he's been on the show before, a friend of mine. He got his first main event match. He's wrestling Bo Dallas, so he yeah. wanted to kind of go all out. So it was a very small show, and he took a backdrop on the floor. There was a mat, so it wasn't like a, to me, a super crazy bump, but mm-hmm. it was an unnecessary bump. Yeah. Afterwards, he asked the agent, what'd you think? And we had this new guy named Joe, who's from Ireland. So he became Irish Joe. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting right there. And he goes, well, Irish Joe seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> like, it kind of made us all laugh because no one was there. Like, no one right. was sitting there. So, like, right. on that that side, he took it. Like, there was no fans. Yeah. So it's like, because they, they put everyone on one side to make the tape look better. Sure. And he's like, so you took that bump right there, but, like, no one was sitting there. So yeah. he's like, I think Irish Joe seemed to really enjoy it, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> And that was kind of the running gag, you know. Like, anyone would take a bump. Like, what did Irish Joe think, you know, because yeah. – of how ridiculous the idea of that is. And, you know, and he was like, that's my first main event. I was trying to go all out. And I'm like, no, I totally get it. But 
is that necessary? Right. Is that going to make people go like, you know, this guy's taking backdrops on the floor. When you put him on TV. Right. No. Your natural charisma is probably going to do that first. Yes. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know if it's a if it's the internet or or whatever, but I mean that that clip hit the internet and nothing else did. I think it's I, I think it kind of is in the similar vein of the way I view death matches. Yeah. They're just attention grabbers. Yes. It's like what what can I do to get people talking? Right. And this guy jumping off a giant ladder, splatting down on the floor, like, yeah, that got people talking. Well, so does, you know, slicing somebody's head off with a pizza cutter. You know, yes. it's like doesn't make it good. Doesn't make it good. I mean, it just. I mean, it's like a, a super over gory horror film, right? Like, one of one of my favorite things, like um, in the Punisher, I felt like they did a lot of things in that movie to not overdo it. Like one of my favorite scenes is when he has the knife and he cuts the guy, and you see the blood splatter on the wall because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that tells a story without me seeing the guy get his throat slit, right? Because that's pretty intense, even yeah. though it's movie magic. That's that's a lot. It's like, yeah. The most you know? intense scene I remember is when uh, Kevin Nash got his face boiled. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, like the way they did some of the, like I remember when he, he grabbed the guy, he broke his arm, then he stabbed his hand through his thigh. Yeah. And the guy was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was kind of funny. But then like he takes like the freaking paper slicer and right on the top of the dude's head. You right. know? So it was like, it was, it was intense, but it wasn't like cringy intense, if right. that makes sense. Right. Well, we got a little bit of movie talk this week, so what do you say we dive into it? Let's do it. This is Breakup and Bane at the Movies. 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 All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? I'll tell you what we got now. Big underscore Bane. So a couple of um, bits of TV news I'm going to throw at you. So I know you're not a fan of the show Supernatural, but that's one of my favorites. And Mm -hmm. um, it wrapped up after 15 seasons, which is a very long run. Uh, Jared Padalecki went on to do Walker, which is currently on CW. And Jensen Ackles is gearing up for uh, season three of The Boys on Amazon. Okay. Which is cool. Well, they just announced on... Twitter a few days ago that they are going to do a prequel series to Supernatural and Jensen Ackles is producing it and it's going to be based on their parents when they were first meeting and so on. So anyway, it's a long story to develop like how that all takes place, but kind of makes sense for the story because that show kind of the story starts with them as young kids and then progresses to them as like young adults and so on. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's put out there. Everyone's all on board. Like, oh, this is great. A prequel super to Supernatural. We love it. And Jensen Ackles is going to produce and narrate the show and this and that. And Well, Jared Padalecki tweets out like, dude, proud of you. Like, excited to see this. However, a little disappointed. I had to found, find out on Twitter and that Sam Winchester has no involvement whatsoever. Ah. So they kind of got to some beef, I guess. And, um, you know. From what I gather, were really good friends. They were groomsmen in each other's weddings. Obviously, they worked together for 15 years. You couldn't right. not be friends and do that job that long. They've apparently squashed the beef, and I don't know if it was a thing of like, well, dude, you're producing your own show. I just didn't think you'd have time, or I don't know what happened. But I thought that was that was an interesting thing. And then like a lot of people were mad at Jensen Ackles for not telling him that he was doing it. Then other people were like, well, why did Jared Padalecki have to put it on Twitter and get everyone all riled <laughs> up? You know, like that's like that weird right. 
neither one was right, but now the internet's got an opinion, so things are wild. And I guess people were sending threatening messages, and it's just like, good oh, lord, man. why is the internet the way it is? I don't know. It's a it's a dumpster fire. It is. I just thought that was interesting. And then also, uh, Stephen Amell made news. Did you hear about this? Him and his wife got into an argument. Yes, and he yeah. got kicked off an airplane. Yeah. Let me uh, ask you a question, Breaker. Yeah. You ever been into an argument with one of your past girlfriends? Uh, sure. It's wild how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's, why Why is that news? Like, that he got into a freaking, like, uh, of course. Like, yeah. significant, like, sig- SO's fight. Yes. I think that the thing was, what the news article said was, it was so intense that they escorted him off the flight. Mm-hmm. He he claims, and this is where I want to get your thoughts on. He claims they got into an argument, which again can happen, especially with traveling. Yeah. I mean, and they have a young kid, which was, I don't know if she was there or I'm not. I'm sure they're both stressed. Sure. Uh, they're traveling and, you know, he's they're both actors, I believe. I think she's more of a model than an actor, but mm-hmm. still, she's in the industry. And um, he said he was he, he left the flight and rebooked himself a new flight. And I don't know if that was like, hey, I need some space. I don't know. Who knows what had happened. But he got very upset and made his own tweet about the news article because he was basically claiming, like, this is not at all accurate. Like, you're spinning this Blowing in a way. out of proportion, yeah. Well, here's my question. I don't, like, he says, like, he, he was raising his voice. He was asked to lower his voice. Mm-hmm. Perfectly acceptable yeah. thing. But I don't. I don't see a situation, and maybe I'm wrong, unless people know who he is. But again, I feel like he's he could slide under the radar as like a big star to some people. Yeah, yeah. I I could only imagine like if I'm like a flight attendant or something, and I in your you and your wife are having an argument. I'm like, sir, could you please lower your voice? And you're like, okay, I'm sorry, no problem. Then I come up later, like, sir, I need to get off the plane. Unless. I'm sure things escalated again. They had to have, right? Yeah. I mean, because why else would they say, like, you need to get off the plane? And I think that was a part of the story he left out. Obviously. Yeah. And, and again, I think you're, you're, you're feeding things to your own narrative. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for him because that, that sucks. Like, no one wants to hear, like, you want to hear your name in the news for, like, hey, Stephen Amell's on a new show called Heels, coming to stars. They don't want to hear he got into a fight with his wife. I mean, because you never know what that could have been about. Well, and, and here's the thing, like. Couples do argue. Couples do fight. That's just part of the journey of being in in a relationship. Yeah. But I myself am very careful about how I talk to my wife in public. Sure. I do not talk down to her. I don't. I don't even argue with her in public. Like that might be a thing. Like we need to talk about this when we get home. Right. Or I just don't say anything and then just wait until we're in a private spot and then have the conversation. Cooler heads always prevail. Right. And it's one of those things like, A, I don't want to be the guy that where people are like looking at us. Yes. B. Because I don't like those guys. No. B, I don't want to embarrass her or myself in public. Like, it, it's just not worth the trouble to, to have an argument like that. And, and, I mean, nobody's perfect. But, like, if he would have taken that approach, would have saved him a lot of grief. Yeah. But anyone can have a bad. I remember Edge brought up on a podcast one time, you know, who's always really good to his fans. He said, One day I was having a terrible day. I was going, basically, found out he was getting divorced, which was, mm-hmm. I think, from his first wife. He was eating by himself at a restaurant, tired, sore, probably. Yeah. And some kid, you know, wants an autograph, but is like nervous and like keeps staring at him. And finally he was like, Would you just leave me alone? Yeah. 
And he said, I always remember that because like, I'm like, man, he just ruined that kid's day. Maybe is maybe, you know, that kid, that's the first wrestler he's ever seen. Right. He just saw edge at a Denny's or something. Yeah. And he was a total jerk. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, man, that's so profound. Yeah. You know, because. Well, when you're in that position, you do, you always have to be on. Yes. I mean, and that, and that's your your personal life. If you're a celebrity, like you just got to be on. And I know for me personally, that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if I could, that, that is one aspect. It's weird to, to look at it from an outsider for me and you yeah. being normal guys right. to being a celebrity because now mm-hmm. you go to your, your daughter's football game where she's cheerleading. Yeah. Everyone's staring at you. Yeah. Now, like maybe your family's mad cause it's like, you're and getting it, all this attention, but it's like, you're not doing it on purpose. Right. But in that scenario, in, in scenarios like that, you can also be nice and be like, Hey, watching my game, you know, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like now's not the right time. I'm watching the game. And, and that's, and that I think sometimes that's, that is the problem with a celebrity because people don't know sometimes how to approach them. Right. And, and next thing you know, like it's like, I wrote a plane a while back. You remember the cop that was in Batman begins the dirty cop flass that he holds upside down. Where are the drugs? Yeah. He was on the plane. Oh, okay. And I'm like, that's that dude from sons of anarchy. I guess <laughs> I like the guy next to me. He's like, yeah, I think it is. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Didn't say anything to him. Didn't bother him. Yeah. Didn't seem like he was in a good mood anyway. Right. So, but I mean, I'm thinking, I'm like, if, if it came to it, like, what do I say? Right. Like, Hey man, I really, I really enjoy your shows or whatever. Like I, it's to me, I don't want to be like, Hey, can you sign this? Can I take a picture? Because I I know that that would be annoying to me. Of course. Granted, that's part of, you took the job as an actor, as a celebrity, that's going to happen. Yeah. But the second you take that one picture, everyone's going to look because what the hell is, who's this guy? Right. So if you didn't know him, now you're going to wonder. And now it's a, a scene. It's a big deal. And you're in an airport. Yeah. You don't want to do that. It is what it is. So it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. And if this had been any other normal guy, no one would have said anything. Of course not. But he's Stephen Amell. Yeah. All arrows yelling at his wife. I'm I'm just shocked there wasn't video of it. Oh, I know. Like in this well, day and age. Which that makes, that also could be the fact that maybe it wasn't that big a deal. Right. I mean, like in this day and age, how do you not get video of the freaking dude from Arrow? You know, <laughs> like that's just really weird, right? Which that that's a very very good point, and that could be the fact that it, maybe it wasn't that big a deal at all, right. and it's not even worth filming. Right. But it's easy for like he even said most must be a slow news day yeah. because, and I'm sure right now, especially with the pandemic, and you've seen all those videos about how people go crazy on planes. Sure. I'm sure right now they're ultra sensitive. Oh yeah. And so I'm sure any kind of loud disagreement, loud argument is probably like, Hey, you need to tone it down. And maybe it was one of those things like he did tone it down and the, the, you know, flight attendant came back like, sorry, actually we need you to leave. Could be, you know, like after talking to the supervisor and and he was like, okay, no no problem. Yeah. And so, I mean, I always go back to like meet the parents. You know, like you can't say bomb on a plane, <laughs> bomb, 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 bomb. You know? yeah. And I like she was like, "Don't raise your voice." Or he's like, "I'm not raising my voice. This is raising my voice." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that they—I don't know if they shocked him or, not, but something happened. They might have, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's obviously an over-exaggerated situation. But and and that might be his thing is like, this is not a situation. Like, why is this on the news? And you know, then that's what happens. So yeah, I feel bad for him though. Yeah, me too. Uh, we got a little bit of toy talk. What do you say we dive into it? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your brain to a bit of toy talk. Here we go. 
rocks. It's the part of the show where Breaker remains do a bit of toy talk. All right, so you will probably be excited about this big underscore Bane. Funko is re-releasing Turbo Man. Nice. It's Turbo Time, and it's, I guess, the the movie-sized version. Is it going to fall apart like the... Uh the one from the Santa Clauses. I, well, I don't. I, that I don't know. I mean, Funko seems to be a pretty good company. So, <laughs> who's to say? I just. I guess these are just now hitting. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if Funko. I guess they must have just bought the rights to the toy because I, I guess they Tiger Electronics produced this back mm-hmm. in like ninety five or whenever it was. Yeah. And uh, and so now maybe ninety six, but now um, Funko I guess got the rights to it and they're re releasing it. And I'm like, that's that's really kind of a fun idea. I will say this though, and I'm not really into pops anymore, but I I stand by. I would love a set of Jingle All the Way pops mm-hmm. with Arnold and Sinbad, but then each of them as like Turbo Man and yes. what was the bad guy's name? I don't know, Brainiac maybe. I feel like it was he had a big brain, yeah. I, you know. But I think that would be a fun set. And then uh, the the little animal character too, Booster. Booster, yeah. I, I will say one thing, one false thing about that movie is I was like, yeah, kids are going to want the full set. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're going to want the sidekick and the bad guy. Those aren't just going to be setting you on the shelves. at least want the bad guy. Yes. Because what are you going to do with Turbo Man? Right. Like, um, but but one one weird thing, if why are they not releasing this around Christmas? That's what I was wondering. Like, like I, I mean, that's cool that they're releasing it now, but like, come on, you should have waited till around Christmas time. It's almost like it's like July, right? Yeah, very, very strange. But I mean, I think it's a fun thing. So for sure, and who knows? Maybe they got some big plans for Christmas. Maybe. Um, anyway, we got some PHPW talk we need to dive into here. Um, we just oh, I'm sorry, easy kicking your foot there. We just wrapped up Beach Bods and Backbreakers. You can check it now on YouTube. Um, Pretty good night of action, big underscore Bane. Lots of action happened. We went over the results last week, um, so we're we're moving right along to Star Spangled Beatings, and um, we officially announced a match last week, and we have uh, one, two, three, four, five. We have five more to announce. So I'm. Trying to trying to gauge this in a in a proper way. I say we announce one more today. Okay. And we'll announce uh two more next week. I'm down for that. So today we're going to announce this has been an ongoing feud. Uh started last month, Breaker, and we have seen already uh with this past Friday on Adrenaline, we've already seen it kind of continue. And I'm gonna go ahead and announce a match right here for uh, Star Spangled Beatings, and that is the former tag team High Level Enterprise, Jack Gamble versus John Webb. They uh, good friends, better enemies, right? Yes, I mm. mean it's it's one of those things. I mean, Jack Gamble was hot dogging. It, it got to the point where uh, John Webb was like, "I'm tired of it. I'm fed up." He's hot dogging, and bit. and he's he's going to take it out on him. He's been taking it out on him. I mean, there were some sneak attacks happening. There was on adrenaline, and so uh, at Star Spangled Beatings, we're going to see the match. Jack Gamble versus John Webb. Uh, that'll be interesting. You know, I think uh, a good tag team sometimes, unfortunately, they're not long for this world. Very few ever stick together forever. So who's Sean? Who's Marty? We'll find out. We will. And um, uh, Star Spangled Beatings. So that that's two matches announced so far. And uh, the other one, just to reiterate, putting a little bit of punishment on Bill Benis. Good. He deserves it. Bill Benis is, uh, you know, GBM... Just shut up, GBM. 
<laughs> you, you just said it's you know how how how's they getting a gatekeeper championship match? I'll tell you how. Corruption. Okay? That's how. I'll tell you how. GBM. Bill Benis and Ethan Chambers, they're buddies. Okay. Apparently, and I like Ethan, but come I on, I love dude. Ethan. Come on, dude. Great guy. Come on, man. But I'm a little bit pissed off at him too because he never puts over Outsiders Beard Co. in his promos. He's a sponsored athlete of Outsiders Beard Co. It's on his jumpsuit. You, you got to promote it. So I mean, this is just punishment for both of these guys. And uh, and also too, I've added the stipulation: if Bill Benis loses, Pyro's out of here. Good. Pyro is Gonzo. Hey, we just released three people. And we have no problem releasing Pyro. No problem. And uh, that is that's going to be step one breaker of getting getting this company back. I mean, actually, step two because I'm working on step one right now with Travis Fowler. See, and but, I, I'm, I and I I would like to say I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think you are. Uh, overstepping your bounds just because travis fowler's a successful champion you need to like lay off of it a little bit just because he's a successful champion doesn't mean he gets to step out of line well it does actually no it does not because here's the thing i'm always first in line breaker always i don't remember you winning any chef special battle royals i'm the ceo i'm the i'm the big chief of phpw you are so corrupt it's not it's like it's just coming right out of your ears you stay in line, Tier 1, and, you know, Mike the Cleaner is going to handle business. I mean, we haven't officially announced that, but we already know. I mean, We, we know it's happening, and I, and I will say this. I think uh, Mike the Cleaner, that, his first one-on-one title opportunity, Yeah, I think this will be a pretty solid test for Tier 1, and we will once again see, is Tier 1 ready? I'm going to make damn sure he's not. That sounds so corrupted. So corrupted. <laughs> Was that like your evil laugh? I tried. It's, yeah, it, was, it wasn't that good. Yeah, we can always try for better. But yeah, that's what's happening on Star Spangled Meetings. That'll be coming your way at the end of July, I believe. I don't know if we have a firm date on that yet, but we do. Um, I just need to pull up my calendar so I don't sound like a dummy. Oh, of course. Um, it will be July 31st. The end of July. I'm excited for Star Spangled Beatings. Absolutely. Jack Gamble, John Webb, Ethan Chambers, and Bill Benis. Yes. Some big matches there. So, you know, you do know if Bill Benis wins the gatekeeper title, he can now challenge for the heavyweight title. He's not going to win. Well, I hope not, but you're booking the matches, man. He's not going to win. You also thought you were going to beat him. Yeah, that was different. I'm not a wrestler, okay? I'm a promoter. Ethan Chambers you, is arrested. You fooled me with that pyro display Ethan, there. Ethan, yeah, you know. If Cody Rhodes can do it, if Triple H can do it, by God, I can do it too. I, I get the best interests. So so corrupted. Oh, anyway, well, um, that's what's happening with PHPW now. We need to go to our most recent tournament, the best fictional pro wrestler in Big Underscore Bane. We have rounded out the first round. Yes, we have. So uh, I will kind of do a brief recap of everything here. Let's see. I clicked on the wrong thing. So we've seen several guys already uh, move on to the first round. Of course, we saw uh, Jimmy King defeat Kid Muscle. Captain mm-hmm. Insano defeated the Revolting Blob. Mm-hmm. Thunderlips defeated Randy the Ram. And this one was an interesting one. Thund- uh, Bonesaw McGraw versus Nacho from Nacho Libre. Yep. 
Not even really close. 70%. Bone saw got injured, and Nacho is moving on. Uh, nope, that's not correct at all. Crap. 70% to 30% bone saw is ready, and he moves on to the semifinals. That's whack. So we'll now have Bonesaw McGraw versus Thunderlips and Jimmy King versus Captain Insano. I'll let you pick. Which match do you think should be this week? So it's Bonesaw and Thunderlips? Bonesaw and Thunderlips. Or Jimmy King and Captain Insano. Oof. Both these are going to be good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you. I can tell you what the finals are right now, Breaker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm not going to. Um, but See, I, I disagree. I think, I think these are going to be uh, kind of hard picks. Because like one of them's like Hogan and Savage, the other one's like that is kind of fun how that worked out. The Giant and Oliver Platt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's funny that like the fictional characters, like seventy five percent of what's left are actual wrestlers. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, let's let's do uh, let's do Bonesaw and Thunderlips. Bonesaw and Thunderlips. What do you think? Bonesaw. I mean, it's got to be right. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he's. A better choice, mm-hmm. but we shall see. I remember really being disappointed when they did like the Spider-Man movie toys. They never made a bone saw figure because I thought that'd have been fun. Yeah, never happened though. But yeah, yeah. bone saw and Thunderlips. Make sure to vote at BBPH nine one eight, and uh, next week we'll have the results. If I was WWE and Mattel, I would try my hardest to get the bone saw McGraw name. That way they can make those figures. I absolutely, yeah. I mean, because especially if you know, like AEW is going to do Captain Insano, you know, get freaking bone saw. Well, yeah. I mean, even even if you can't make him, try to make that costume. Right. I mean, still call it Macho Man. Who cares? Right. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? Let's just plug it up. All right. So if you guys enjoy this show, check out some of our podcasting buddies, like Jeff and Scott at the Fully Posable wrestling figure podcast a great show drops every sunday just like this one two great dudes love that show over there and then of course scott has his side project drunk wrestling history absolutely yeah both of those shows absolutely fantastic shows check it out and then of course doing the favor with eric and barry um great dudes but they love them some bill Venus. yeah that, that i don't like but you know yeah you know uh i i catch a lot of heat over there at doing the favor because of the fact that i just have zero respect for bill Uh, And it's and it's honestly one of those things where I would have more respect for Bill if he just didn't suck so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things like, you know, just just be normal, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I I was listening to a recent episode the other day and uh, good Lord, he just is. He's he's on a tear. Yeah. Like talking about why did he start all of a sudden giving like advice on how to be a professional wrestler? I like, I mean, on what authority does he have? I'm, according to him, 18 years of experience. Yeah, apparently. Good Lord. I mean, I, you got me, pal. I mean, for for all we know, he wrestled in a bingo hall 18 years ago, and that makes him a veteran, you know? Apparently so. I guess anything makes you a veteran these days. I, I guess so. Also, check out the PPW podcast, the Positively Pro Wrestling podcast with Steve and Eric over there. Another really fun retro look at pro wrestling, as mm-hmm. well as the Ringside Rant with our buddy RJ and the Leisure and Lariats podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Yes. Uh, Boot to the Face. And uh, another great one, Tales from the Estate with uh, Drew Vinsel and Caitlin. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw Drew Vinsel. Uh, or at least it was Tales from the Estate. I assume Drew Vinsel is the one that handles that. I imagine. Um, instead of Caitlin, but... They posted uh, doing a little research, basically going over his top five Will Ferrell movies. 
Ooh, interesting. Great oh. choice, right? I told him if Elf isn't on there, his ass is blocked. Blocked. He's gone. So what would you put in your top five, just briefly? Uh, okay, I'd do Elf. Yeah. Anchorman. Okay. Uh, Step Brothers. Okay. I would do Talladega Nights, I guess. Um, I and, wouldn't put that in my top five. And then uh, Old School, probably. Old school, definitely. Um, but I feel like I almost can't count old school, even though he's in that movie, because he's not the main character. Yeah, but he's one of the three main characters. I, I count old so. school. He's in, so. the, he's in like... Oh, wait. let me. I'm taking out Talladega Nights, and I'm putting in um, the the other guys. I would definitely do the other guys. I was trying to think if there's any more that I think... I, I actually really enjoy Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home 2. Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2. Are what did really I fun. say? There was one that I didn't really care about. God, Daddy's Home 2 has got to be on there. Daddy's Home 2 is the Christmas theme one. Daddy's Home 2 is better than Daddy's Home to me. They're, yeah, I agree with that, but I think they're both funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, Will Ferrell's a very polarizing figure in movies for me because some of them I'm just like, that is not that good. But well, some, some and, of them are really good. And I feel like you really have to like Will Ferrell to enjoy most of his movies. Right. Um, I've never met somebody who's like, I'm not a big Will Ferrell guy, but this movie was good. Like, if you're not a Will Ferrell fan, you probably just don't like any of his movies. Right. Because he's mostly the same guy in every movie. But the other guys, is that one is hilarious to me. Yes. Um, I love The Rock's character, even though he's only in it for like five minutes. Yes. That, oh, God, so funny. Him and Samuel L. Jackson, two of the funniest Hairs. I mean, that's just hilarious. Yeah, and I love just the way like they break like, oh, there's those badass cops. Well, these are the other guys, and right. it's like, ah, okay, that's yes. kind of funny how they do yeah. that. But yeah, old school definitely I think would count because that's a very very good movie, of course. But I'm trying to think of other instances of uh, of Will Ferrell movies. Talladega Nights I think is funny, but it's not my favorite. I know you don't like Kicking and Screaming. I loved Kicking and Screaming. Had funny moments. Wasn't my favorite. Um, one of my favorite lines from that is like where he's yelling at Mike Ditka telling him to go get him a juice box. <laughs> it's like, that's like in what world could you possibly do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. He just, something about Will Ferrell makes me laugh. I still think his little arc on the office is hilarious. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, people don't give him enough credit, but again, I feel like you have to be a Will Ferrell guy or girl to, to appreciate it. Sure. And a lot of people just aren't. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. But yeah, tales from the estate, definitely check out that show. It's hilarious. Uh, Wreck My Podcast is another great one with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there. Trivia with yep. Buds with our buddy Ryan Buds. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulling Up a Chair with our buddy Tim at A Chair Shot over there. It's another fun one. Kind of interviewing fig life people and people involved in the wrestling figure world. Yep. Uh, Nerdy Laser with Night at the Nerdy Laser Podcast is another fun one. Mm-hmm. Then our buddy Jason Wolf, Howling with the Wolf. Yeah. Um, Really fun podcast. He's doing amazing stuff with the um, with the chop shop and the custom Hasbro figures plus his artwork. Everything is really, really cool. So mm-hmm. check out all he's got over there. And um, from what I understand, he put a little update out on the chop shop, the uh, the club, the Wolf Club. I guess it's going to ship out in August, he said, and possibly the figure as well. Awesome. And the, uh, the Wolf Club membership already has three gifts in it completed. Oh, so nice. It's going to be a pretty cool little box, I think. I think it's going to be, be better than people realize. Fantastic. So all, all great stuff to so check out all of that. Uh, wrestling comic books, Grapple Hold, To Be the Man, Evil Ain't Good, and Tales from Planet WrestleTopia. Those are on Amazon, Comixology, wherever you get your comics. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, we have other podcasts. You know it's Fake Right every Monday with me, Brian Breaker, and my um, guest this coming week will be 
uh, Wesley Crane, a guy from uh, the Oklahoma area. So okay. I think everyone will enjoy that. It's a pretty fun interview. And then, of course, uh, No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. Mm-hmm. You and Bill, I mean, yeah. you know, doing your thing. This particular week was the uh, July 4th edition, you know. Um, we had a special guest this week. It was the uh, the American Ace came back. Oh, God. So that was enjoyable. Anything yeah. with Bill Benis and tights is a good idea. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Uh, he wasn't in tights. He just had the mask. No, there you yeah, go. He, he was pretty lazy about it. Uh, but it was uh, it was fun times, and uh, yeah, God, five more five more episodes, Breaker. That's what you got. Yeah, five more. At least there's an end in sight. Yeah, thank God it's a seasonal. Yeah, and then also, of course, if you like uh, talking toys, check out the TB Toycast with me and Travis Fowler. Episode ten will be dropping. Um, I'm sorry, episode eleven will be dropping, and we're covering Space Jam, which will be a fun one. I think everyone nice. remembers the uh, Space Jam toys from back in the day. Oh yeah. And then, of course, if you like uh, Bane's music, check all that, all those tunes out at uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your music. Oh, yeah. And then if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash BBPH. We have several tiers available. You get exclusive podcasts, videos, and uh, even some special gifts, at, depending on the tier you sign up for. So check us out, patreon.com forward slash BBPH. Yes. And then uh, also uh, Average Panda Gear and Outsiders Beard Co., yeah, buddy. Uh, Outsiders Beard Co. Like I said, like I mentioned last week, uh, summer's here. That means we got Tiger's Blood and Creamsicle. I'm also debuting a new scent. By the time this drops, they will both already be available um, and probably announced. But we have the uh, brand new that's going to stick around all summer long, the Golden Pony Boy. Oh, nice. Which, I like the name. Um, which that is... That is... Shit. I'm going to have to edit some shit out real quick. Um, that is pine, spruce, honeysuckle. Ooh. And fuck. I have it written down. Let me look real quick. Damn it. Hey, it's all good. Okay. Nope. It is. So this golden pony boy is. Spruce, cedarwood, honeysuckle, and cucumber melon breaker. Very nice. So it's a very interesting combination, but it's perfect for the summertime. Um, next week, I'll think about it, and I'll, if I, if I think about it, I'll make a little quick quick bomb. I'll bring it to you, let you have a little sniffski. A little sniffski. I do enjoy a sniffski. And then we also have one strictly for July to help celebrate Independence Day, and that is called the Nipsey Dazer. Okay. With or without the scooter stick. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, Husker Doos? Husker Doos? <laughs> <laughs> that is. I'm all about a Joe Dirt reference. Absolutely. So, we got the Nipsey Dazer, which is pretty fantastic, I think. It is. It's on the sweet side. And okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and throw that out there for anybody. But it's blueberry muffin, cherry, lime with vanilla. Ooh. And. What that is supposed to uh, kind of... I'd like a sniffski of that as well. Yes. What it's supposed to kind of remind you of is those uh, the old firecracker popsicles. Ah. Similar to like the Star Blast Like bang. the bomb pop. The bomb pop, yes. So it's it's got those similar flavors. So... Um, I love it. It's it's gonna be good stuff. I uh, I can't I can't wait for somebody to try it out. But yeah, I'll bring I'll bring some next week so you can kind of get yourself a little sniffski. 
and uh it's gonna be good times man i'm excited for it i am too that sounds that sounds really cool it's always cool to have new scents available absolutely uh, if you want to pick up a t-shirt, you can do that at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com or Whatamaneuver.net. Search by store for uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour or Bane as well has a shirt store there. Yep. And uh, I think uh, me and Travis Fowler are going to get some TV Toycast shirts coming up soon. Not awesome. anytime soon, but here in maybe a couple of months. Awesome. Got some fun ideas there. So so I think we'll probably make a Whatamaneuver store for that as well. But other than that, man, uh, nothing else. Anything else you want to add? Let's just end it. It's end it. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We will see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> it ain't over till I say it's over. So lock the cage up because this is a takeover. The wait's over. If this the final time we meet, then you'll be on your back on my feet. I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck, so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good, it was really good Pretty good That son of a bitch, Eric Barker You son of a bitch Can't dig it Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, Put it on the internet.